Hello, and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the Financial Brand. Financial institutions have struggled to engage consumers with budgeting and financial health tools. Bank of America's approach has been to address financial wellness by building an omnichannel platform that allows consumers to set goals, track progress, and get answers to financial questions quickly and easily. These efforts have resulted in Bank of America being the first financial institution in the country to be certified by J.D. Power for their financial health support. Our guest in the Bank Transform podcast today is Holly O'Neill, President of Retail Banking at Bank of America. She discusses how a holistic framework for supporting the financial health of clients includes simple, transparent products, high levels of personalization, financial education, and access to human support. The J.D. Power Financial Health Support Certification Program was developed in collaboration with the Financial Health Network, and it focuses on measuring and understanding customer experiences through the lens of financial health. Bank of America was the first financial institution to receive this award for their outstanding levels of customer satisfaction and their emphasis on financial health and their offerings. So welcome to the show, Holly. Before we start, could you provide our listeners with a short background on your career at Bank of America? Sure. Um, and thanks for having me, Jim. So I have been at the bank my whole career, 25 years, and uh, I've been lucky enough to spend time um, in many businesses across the company, in our global banking and markets business, in our global wealth business, and now um, I lead our retail banking business. Um, so I've worked with companies, with high net worth individuals, and now with our retail clients, the mass market segment. Um, and it's certainly been an interesting run over the past 25 years, lots of challenges, lots of vari variation in what I've done. But um, I have to say this current role is my favorite um, because of the scale and the people that we're able to help essentially, um, across the mass market segment. Yeah, so, so congratulations on the recognition from J.D. Power. You know, I've been in this industry for a long time, a long, long time, I guess I could say. And many financial institutions talk about supporting the financial wellness of their customers, but very few actually walk the walk. What sets Bank of America's programs apart from your peers? And what have you done recently that's really made an impact? Sure. Well, thank you for that. Um, and we're thrilled to get the recognition from J.D. Power. We've been working with them um, on the certification on financial health. And really what, what I think sets us apart from the others is a few things. Number one, we've been on the journey for over a decade. Um, really with clients' financial health front and center. Um, and then we surround our clients with a few things. Number one, essential solutions, easy, transparent, low-cost financial solutions um, that give them what they need. Um, and some examples there are safe balance account, our secured card, balance assist, which is a low-cost, short-term borrowing option. So, we really, we've been on that journey to simplify our solutions, make them transparent, easy, and low cost. So that's one. Um, two is financial education. So partnering with our clients, we think it's very important to provide them access to information and education. And we do that through Better Money Habits, 
um, which we launched in 2013. It's a free platform um, to help clients across all life stages, um, and it gives them good information and easy. Um, they're easy reads. Um, so that's two. And then three, we've been working on our own processes and policies behind the scenes. Um, I think you've probably seen the announcements that we've made in terms of what we're doing on overdraft. Um, and we've been at that for over a decade, right? Listening to clients, listening and working with advocates to really put the right framework in place. So when we um, made this final announcement back in January, you know, this is one of the final steps in our journey, we'll have brought down overdraft fees by 97% wow. over a decade, which, you know, it's a journey. And it, it was, you know, interesting working with clients and hearing what they want, because it wasn't as simple as just eliminating overdraft. You know, we came up with a safe balance account, which works with clients so that they don't overdraft. And some clients want access to overdraft. You know, they want that to go through. So it was a balancing act as we went through this to, you know, provide solutions to a wide variety of clients and what they wanted. So it really came down to, Jim, um, easy, transparent solutions, um, financial education, and then you know, work we've done on our own policies and process. You know, you know, it's interesting. I had Jennifer Tester on the show a, a couple of weeks ago. I have I've had other organizations on talking about financial wellness. And honestly, as a legacy banker from way back, you know, the whole idea of financial wellness and, and doing what's right for the customer, we talked about it a lot. And it was a good feel good. But the reality is we make the consumer do most of the work. Right. And in many cases, providing budgeting tools and fun financial education content is great, yeah. but it, it really requires a commitment from the consumer in many cases to find it and to use it. And that's not easy. How does Bank of America collaborate with a consumer to go beyond just tools and content to really make it so that it becomes an ingrained habit? Because the reality is, from my perspective, now more than ever, this is a differentiator and an engagement tool if implemented correctly, as opposed to making the consumer do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's something we work on. I mean, number one, Jennifer is a partner of ours and one of one of the stakeholders that we've been working with, you know, along this journey. So she she's provided a lot of value to us. Um, so we ingrain it in a, in a whole host of ways. One, you know, we try to get all of our channels surrounded with it, right? So when I talked about better money habits, our financial centers, our call centers, they all have access to that so they can share it with clients. If they're having a conversation, you know, about something, it can be a follow-up item, right? So we really try to do it in multi-channel. So as we work with clients, we look at it in our digital space with our people, um, call centers, financial centers. So we really try to surround everyone with the concept of financial health um, and with all the tools that we have. We actually launched, um, we have a tool called Life Plan, which helps clients set their goals. It's in our mobile app. Our financial center specialists are trained in it so that no matter where a client is, if they've started a life plan, they can talk to a specialist about it, an RM or a a, a relationship manager or a relationship banker um, in our financial centers. So we really try to integrate the experience with 
the tools that we have, the specialists that we have. Um, you know, digital gives us such a great ability to scale. Um, you know, we have 66 million clients, so you've got to use that to scale. And then, you know, that enables us to get everything to our clients, and then we support it with our specialists and our teams. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we wrote about it, the financial brand. We wrote about the life plan uh, project in the platform. And it's interesting because it really is an integrated platform, and it, and it doesn't yeah. involve a lot of work from the consumer to right. get that whole process started. And you're, as you mentioned, you're getting some scale here, aren't you? How, how big is that? How big is that group of consumers that are currently using life plan is right? How is it big as it now? Great question. So life plan, we have 5 million clients who have used it. Um, so, and, and it, we only launched it in 2020. So it really is gaining a lot of momentum. Um, you know, in just a year or so, especially during COVID, that's great adoption for a digital tool. And oh, so gosh, yes. I expect that that will go up exponentially. It's a, it's a great tool. It's simple. It's easy. We can support it with our specialists. So um, that is foundational to what we're doing. Now, now, something like that, and you mentioned that digital makes it easier, but it's also digital makes some things harder. How do you support that? And how do you market it so consumers can actually find what's available? Because Obviously, there's a lot of challenges now coming out of COVID around financially vulnerable people, but even people that are not financially vulnerable that have to really rethink their financial wellness. How do you market the services and the projects you have, everything from the way you market the reduction of overdraft fees to life plans? Yeah. So, I mean, number one, digital is foundational to what we do. Because, and we really found during COVID, it accelerated, right? Because people did not want to be in-person in financial centers. So um, COVID was an accelerant for digital adoption. Um, and, you know, we really try to make that digital experience. My partner, Dave Tyree, who runs digital across the company, our mobile app and our online um, tool are second to none, right? And one of the ways that we try to make that experience easy is Erica. So we have a digital assistant on the mobile app. And, you know, the best thing to do there, if somebody's having a hard time in the in the mobile app finding something, just to ask Erica, right? So that is an assistant to help navigate the mobile tool from one perspective. Um, so we try to do a whole host of things. So Erica's right there on the mobile app. Um, all of our teams in the call centers and financial centers are trained in digital. So if somebody has a question, they can also use those tools and those specialists to help them figure it out. Um, but I do, th it, you know, it's really easy to use, um, but we know that not everyone, you know, is at the same level in digital. So the whole system and all of our channels really do support it. You know, Bank of America has a huge head start when it comes to voice banking with Erica. How is that that channel being used from a financial wellness perspective? How do you see that all melding together as in one way? I know it makes simplicity of banking better, yeah. but what other ways are you using Erica to actually push forward the whole idea, the whole concept, the whole platform of financial wellness? Right. Well, I mean, you can certainly ask Erica about tools and um, solutions that we have. So Erica can be an education mechanism in addition to the fact that Erica can tee up better money habits. So 
you know, we're really driving Erica to be very predictive and giving clients the information that we think is relevant to them. And I think that that is a really important next step for us is, you know, we have a lot of data on clients and we're on the path to really giving them a very personal experience. If we think they're vulnerable, we'll tee up better money habits or some section of better money habits that we think would be relevant for them. We can do that through Erica or the mobile app, right? Email, you know, email can be challenging because you get so many emails. So you really have to catch right. the attention of the client. So, you know, we're really trying different ways, Erica included, in order to do that. So, you know, that's since I've been in this role for six months, you know, that's probably top three on the list of what we've been working on in terms of really understanding where our clients are and pivoting so that we can present the information that is relevant to their personal position. Well, it's interesting because consumer behavior has changed so much since the pandemic and even before that. But the use of voice becoming integrated in everything from the way I look at my uh, TV and my entertainment to the way I do text messages now instead of typing them in. But, you know, most importantly, I I think what's interesting is that I often talk about the GPS of financial services, that a good GPS system uses voice to tell you where to go, how to avoid the pitfalls, how to get to your destination better. And that's really what Erica has been positioned to do, hasn't it? That, that as you said, you're trying not to to anymore give them the rearview mirror, having Erica tell you, by the way, yesterday you had an overdraft to instead having Erica tell you, by the way, you may want to deposit some funds based on your previous behavior so that you can avoid overdrafts in the future, correct? That's exactly right. So Erica is positioned that way. And I, I would also say life plan is positioned that way, right? So if a client uses life plan and sets their goals, all of that will be integrated and come together. We'll have that much more information about a client so that we can tee up you know, the ideas, the information, the next best step um, that they really want to go for. So, you know, that is the whole concept and that's the strategy with Erica because that gives us scale. You know, there, there's there's so many aspects of financial wellness, but obviously every consumer is different. I, I reference a lot of times what happened when you saw that people took a, a decision to forego their mortgage payments for a few months. Well, half of those people maybe needed to forego their mortgage payments so they could actually put food on the table. While there's a whole nother segment that may have foregone the mortgage payment, realizing there was no financial negative to that, and they could build up their savings accounts. How does Bank of America leverage data, analytics, and digital technology to build a more personalized financial solution for their consumers at scale? I mean, we use the data um, and analytics to understand where our clients are, what they're doing, how their patterns have changed um, in order to build that into solutions, how we interact with them, what we do in digital. So that data and analytics on clients feeds into almost everything that we do um, because that provides insight as to where they are. And, you know, through the pandemic, we certainly have been watching clients, their account balances, how they were doing. And, you know, it's really interesting because coming through the pandemic, you know, you mentioned it, their savings accounts did grow pretty significantly. 
and at all levels of the wealth continuum. You know, we saw growth in accounts for the mass market client grow even more than those in the higher net worth segment. So it was very interesting to watch. And, you know, we use that data um, to really understand the patterns of clients and, and what we need to do in every category. Solution development, um, digital, how we interact with them in financial centers and call centers. So you really try to present an, an omnichannel experience, obviously, for your customers. How does Bank of America balance both the high touch and the high tech aspect in order to provide better customer care, but even more importantly, better financial wellness support? Right. Well, high tech, high touch, both are really important. So high tech, online, mobile, that gives us scale and real-time ability to interact with our clients, right? So, you know, as we talked, it allows us to give them real-time alerts, right? Your balance is low. Um, you know, was this your payment? So there is a whole suite, hundreds of alerts that clients can set up so that they know real-time. Right. So that's really important to financial health and clients who are living paycheck to paycheck, day to day, week to week, you know, can use those alerts to better position themselves. Right. So a lot different than when when I was living paycheck to paycheck, you know, coming out of school, you know, you had to balance your check checking account and you had to, you know, call to see your balance and that's just not reality today, right? You pick up your phone, you know exactly where you are, right? So that's the high tech piece. The high touch piece um, really are our teams that can support a client if they have questions, more complex needs, or really want to walk through something. Something as simple as how to set up an alert, right? So if they, if they want that capability in high tech, you know, our teams in the financial centers, we have four, over 4,000 of them across the country, um, and our client service teams on the phone are all set up to, to assist the client with that or more complex needs. Um, and so they each have their role, and then really important that they're integrated. So we know exactly, you know, what somebody's been doing in mobile so we can anticipate what they might need. Um, so we've done a lot of work in that category over the last several years um, using that data in digital so that, um, as an example, if somebody calls in and um, we've had a suspicious transaction, we know that they've had a suspicious transaction and we can ask them the questions immediately to make sure that it was in fact their transaction. And and so really marrying the two is where that integrated experience comes in. So I mentioned that financial wellness is not just a feel good. It's a good way to do business, but it's also a way to, to increase profitability and revenues. But one thing we referenced was the fact that when the government, government assistance checks came in, savings accounts increased significantly. Yeah. But in the last two years, we've also seen tremendous amounts of, I'll call it disintermediation of funds and attention to alternative financial providers, the, the fintechs and the big techs. Yeah. And Bank of America is certainly not, uh, um, certainly isn't uh, being in a, a void in this situation. We're all losing customers in a traditional sense. I know Bank of America from working with them in the past, how much you track almost everything every one of your customers do. Is this financial wellness focus 
really important from the perspective of getting some of these customers back that have tested fintechs and big tech firms that had really specialized solutions that really you're trying to address now yourselves? Yes. I mean, I, I we look at that data a lot, right? As any company does, you know, we have a healthy view of what our clients are doing with these smaller competitors. Um, you're right, like they're very niche competitors. They do very specific things. Um, and, you know, that's where I think Bank of America has, has an edge, right? Is we can wrap the whole client with financial wellness in all categories, whether it's their daily operating account, you know, lending, setting goals, setting plans. So it all comes together in one picture. And that's where I think we're really differentiated. Um, you know, we have not lost um, a material amount of clients to the fintechs. You know, certainly I would call it people are testing them. Um, but we haven't, you know, we haven't seen a big exodus because I think that wrapper of financial wellness around our entire client is incredibly important. It's a long-term relationship. You know, it's a long-term view when you're setting your goals, setting your path, you partner with a financial institution that will be that long-term partner and see you through every life stage, right? And that, that's our goal. And I think, you know, that's the long game here. Um, and we're going to, you know, we'll stick with that. And, you know, to your point around business and profitability, you know, Partnering with clients and setting them on a long-term path, that will, in the long run, enable long-term profitability because we'll stay with the client for a long period of time. And that's the whole goal, right? We have to prove ourselves every step of the way, um, but that's the, it's the long game, right, with these clients and being prepared to partner with them as their profile changes, no matter how it changes. So, um, you know, th that's really the strategy. It's, it's pretty simple. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Microsoft. See how Microsoft can help unlock new opportunities at speed and scale through innovative business processes, delivering differentiated customer experiences across channels, innovating new products and services, and redefining new ways of thinking. Find out more at Microsoft.com backslash financial services. So Holly, you know, Bank of America is the, the behemoth of legacy banking organizations. And as a result, you have the most legacy back office. What are you doing internally to make the back office as digitally proficient as what may be the outward view of what the bank looks like? Because we know if you don't fix the back office and make that more automated and more streamlined, it's really hard to make the engagement process that way. So what are you working on right now to make the back office faster and better? Sure. It's been, first of all, it's been an enormous focus of ours um, for several years, right? So knowing that we have to simplify the process for clients, and that includes the back office. So number one, organizationally, I am connected at the hip with our head of operations, Tom Scrivener. And, you know, we really look at our process end to end. So if, if we're redesigning a process, I'll talk about our mortgage process for a minute. 
It really is an end-to-end process, all the way from sending that mortgage application in to getting your approval and then ultimately closing the loan, right? So that goes from front office all the way to back office. And that's how we look at the experience. So um, organizationally, we're aligned. Um, Two is, you know, it's been a mindset shift for our teams, right? Challenging the status quo. Yeah. It's not okay to have all these handoffs because that, that increases the time for the client to get something done. So we've spent a lot of time on mindset shifting of our teams designing these processes. It's not okay to send it through, you know, 10 steps when you can look at it with two steps. Um, and then finally, I'm going to come back to digital on a lot of these processes, we're trying to close gaps and make it digital end to end. So that's the mindset. So for example, you go in to get a mortgage, not only should you put your mortgage application in, you should provide all the documentation, you should get your approval, and then you should get the money all in digital. That should be the goal because that's what's easy for the client. It's not yeah, yeah. easy to start somewhere and then have to talk to a specialist and then, you know, kind of shift channel. So that, that back office integration and streamlining the journey, the experience for the client um, is really where we're focused. Um, end-to-end digital mindset. That being said, and this is another differentiator for us with the fintechs is all along that journey in digital, no matter what it is, whether you're opening an account or you're, you know, getting a mortgage or uh, an auto loan, we've got the specialist support underneath, right? So if you do have a question, if your situation is more complex, if something's not working the way you think it should, we have that specialist support all along the way on that journey. And that's a differentiator from fintechs. You know, we have tens of thousands of people who are there to support our clients no matter what. You know, digital makes it easy, but knowing that you have that specialist support sitting right next to you, I think is really critical. You know, you've gone through this very long journey of making the customer experience better at Bank of America. You know, and, and you've gotten recognition for being the top of the game whether it comes to the financial wellness part of the equation. From your perspective, what is being overlooked by the industry in general as we try to serve the needs of financial su- consumers better? You know, maybe not a problem as much to Bank of America, or maybe it is. What is being overlooked by the industry in general that we're just not doing it as well as we should? Well, I think it's, you know, it's some of what we've talked about here, Jim. It's, it's connecting all of our data and information and customizing that for every unique individual client. And that is the holy grail, right? If you're a client, that is where you really deliver for an individual is they know that we have their back and we're giving them in a very easy way the information, the next step, you know, whatever it is in digital. And, you know, you also have the human support. So, you know, I think that is where the industry should be going. And, you know, within that is financial wellness, right? 
So it's implied, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it explicitly within that is financial wellness, because as you understand the stage and where the client is, you should be providing them that support to put them on a path to better financial wellness, you know, whether it's education, a different solution that may be better for them, um, you know, or just talking to them about their personal status and giving them the advice that they need. So, you know, that personalization is all wrapped in financial wellness for me. So just, just to say it explicitly. You know, you know, it's interesting. I, we had an interview with Chase probably around two months ago and I, I asked the same question. It was interesting because they said the same thing. They said, why do you think that these, the big financial institutions have all these people continually working on the personalization, the yeah. wrapping together data analytics and yeah. personalization together? We still are working so hard to try to do better because we're not there yet. And they yeah. admitted that. They said, you know yeah. what? And, and so, you know, for those organizations that are listening that are, are smaller than the big five, I think it's important to realize that, you know, while we've all done fairly well using data analytics to prevent fraud, to look at risk, and to even make our organizations more efficient, we have a long way to go before the consumer feels that we know them, understand them, and look out for them, which is a, which is a big deal. And and you know, on the top burner for almost every financial institution, even a bank as uh, as financially stable and and big as Bank of America. So I'm going to do a little bit of pivot here. Um, you have a very important role at a very large financial institution. You also have an extremely important role at home. Can you share some of the challenges you face as a woman business leader? during the pandemic and how maybe these challenges may have changed your perspective of wellness? Sure. So that's a real good question. The challenges being a woman in business, you know, I I think it's balance. Um, Prioritization is really important. Um, Breaking stereotypes is also important. Um, You know, I've been extremely lucky in my career here. Um, to work with some pretty phenomenal people. Um, and, you know, I think to spread that would be really great um, because I feel like I've been, um, you know, personally, you know, I've pr- been provided the challenges. But, you know, the biggest challenge is balance um, and priority. I think for women who have families at home or other responsibilities, um, you know, having a good partner there is really important too. Or multiple partners. In some cases, you need a lot of people to help make that whole thing work together. The it takes a village is to put it mildly, right? (laughs) Um, At certain times, because certainly I felt as my kids have gotten older, you know, it all comes down at once. You know, you've got priorities at work, you know, something drops at home and, you know, you just have to really quickly pivot and put your priorities in place and move forward. Um, and, you know, during the pandemic, I think, you know, I really did take a look at wellness, mental wellness, you know, doing stuff for yourself so that you can then, you know, perform at work and at home. And that, you know, for me personally is a constant battle and a constant reminder because that's the first thing that goes. Um, but really important that you keep trying to pull it back into the priority list, um, as you move forward. So, you know, one bit of advice I would give to folks is, you know, it's a long game. 
keep your priorities straight. And at some times, balance, the balance is not going to be there in one direction or the other, but just bring it back as you can, right? Because, you know, at times things shift and pivot if you have something at home or at work um, and you can't look at it in, you know, in a silo in one week because it is, you have to string it out over a longer period of time. Yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly in a, a uncharted territory when it comes to people that still have to work from home as opposed to working in a physical right. uh, structure. And you, you mentioned mental health. And how do financial institutions or how can Bank of America do a better job connecting the dots between a person's physical health, their mental health, and their financial health? Because those all, as you mentioned, they all work together. You, If any one of those three, the three-legged stool, if any one of those legs isn't strong, it brings down the other two as well. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good question. And I think, you know, financial health will be the lead for us, um, you know, with our clients and, you know, internally with our employees, um, mental health and employees support through the pandemic has been, you know, I would say a really important focus right up there, one, two, and three for the company through the pandemic is supporting associates as they work at home, supporting their mental health. Um, you know, Bank of America does a tremendous job providing that support to our teams, you know, and as we continue to pivot back into the office, um, which, you know, we're presently doing, supporting clients in that transition, right? Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy to report that in Boston, the traffic is back to pre-pandemic levels. So <laughs> that, that was one thing I did not miss, but, um, you know, the energy and people are getting back into the office. And I, I do think that is a contributor to, to mental health is interacting with, with others. So, um, you know, from a Bank of America perspective, it is top on our list of priorities for our employees and we'll continue to work on the financial wellness, financial health for our clients, which, you know, as you think of it, Jen, financial health does contribute to mental health and how okay. people are doing, yeah, right? Yeah, that's you, for sure. If you yeah. feel like you've set the right goals and you have a plan and you know where you are, that's, that's got to contribute to um, a better position personally. So a little future view here. Do you see the integration of physical health and financial health or banking and insurance or banking and healthcare possibly merging? We, we have these monitors on our wrist that tell us every day how we're doing health-wise. Do you see a potential in the future where data from one can help data from the other? And maybe there can be almost a, a gamification of better health because obviously the longer consumer lives or the better a consumer lives, the better customer they're going to be from a financial institution basis. But in the same sense, it, it, it lowers insurance rates and everything else. These are all somewhat integrated. Do you see a greater integration of the consumer's overall life as relates to financial institutions? Um, I do. And, you know, it's one of the components of life plan and the life priorities that we've set because it all does come together, right? So if you look in our life plan tool and our the life priorities we set, health is one of them, because it, it all plays a role together. So my answer to your question is yes, absolutely. Um, we've done some of this with life plan and really thinking about those major components in somebody's life that are important to them, health being one of them. 
Um, so I do think that that will continue. It will expand. It will grow um, because that's how consumers think of it, right? They don't yeah. think of like these very individual silos. They think of how it's all going to come together. So finally, and, uh, you know, as we look at the future, you know, it, I, I always say, yeah, I've been in banking my entire career in one way, on one side of the desk or another or writing about it. You know, while it's the most challenging time ever, it's the most exciting time ever. What excites you about the future? And what do you see as the greatest opportunity in the near future? Because we can't talk long term anymore <laughs> in financial services and, and even at Bank of America. Um, I'm most excited about what we can do for our 66 million clients, partnering with them on the road to financial health. We've never been better positioned to do it. Um, we've already started down that journey, but I think technology and data is an accelerant to getting that done. So that's what I'm most excited about because that's, you're really providing, you're going beyond the, the simple transaction, depositing the money, transferring the money, you're really becoming a part of a client's life, right? And setting them on the right path from a financial health perspective, that is what excites me. I think, you know, it, and it should be across the industry. That is where, that is the direction we should be going. How do these tools and all this technology enable us to do that for our clients, right? And so that that's what gets me up every morning and it's really exciting. You know. Holly, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate your participation. I am going to be calling you back in the future because, you know, I think the banking industry is changing so quickly that touching base with people and saying, okay, so how's last year gone? Because, you know, we don't know what's coming in the future any more than we knew what was going to happen in the past. And and, and you know, what's interesting is there's so much opportunity and it's, it's always great to talk to a leader who's so excited about the future. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. Thanks for listening to Banking Transformed. Raise the top five banking podcast is winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoy what we're doing, please take 30 to 45 seconds to show some love in the form of a review. It helps us to continue to get guests like today. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles in the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Bank Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, audio engineer, Sean Roll Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, remember, financial wellness can be the ultimate differentiator in a very crowded marketplace. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.